When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Louis Jacques, Frank Guy Sola. Today, Jonathan Taylor talks. We hear from one of the NFL's best running backs. Thursday night football, Washington, Chicago. What's at stake? And baseball. If it's just two games, is it still a sweep? Let's call it a sweep. Let's go. It's a sweep. It's a sweep. It's a sweep. It was domination in the wild card round of Major League Baseball playoffs. None of the series go in three games. Dominating results for the victors. Let's talk about it. For the first time in 21 years, Minnesota advancing like that. Rangers! Rangers after they collapsed in the division, rebounding very nicely. Knocking off in their first round. Arizona getting snaky. They're feeling good about themselves and Phillies. You knew it. They're a tornado of awesomeness and the best home field advantage in the sport. So it's the debate of the day. Who looks most impressive in advancing? Around the horn to Ramona Shelburne. You've got to give it up for the Twins. I mean, this is their first playoff win since 2002. And, and, and for them to, to do this in the way they, they scored five runs in two games. You don't usually win playoff series by scoring five runs, but they have the best pitching in the major leagues. They led the league. They led the league in strikeouts. They have one of the lowest ERAs in major league baseball, and that showed up in the playoffs. I'm happy for Minnesota. J.A. Donde, who most impressed you with their first round win? It was the Phillies who had a similar pitching performance to the Twins. Granted, a bad against the Marlins, so maybe not that impressive. But what impressed me was the fact that they scored an abundance of runs with only two home runs. During the series, and, and you know, you, you worry about teams that are overly reliant on the home run during the postseason, and what happens when that goes away? Well, they've showed they can score in a variety of ways. I think that bodes well for them going forward. Marcel Louis and Jacques. that home field, and that home field, yeah, I and mean, that's like nothing we've seen. Marcel Louis Jacques, most impressive. I'm going to go with the Texas Rangers. Nobody would have blamed them if they fell apart this season. They lose the Grom. They lose Scherzer. Mm-hmm. They lost Seager for a mm-hmm. period of time, but they rallied back. And how they ended the season, losing the series to Seattle, who had nothing to play for other than being a spoiler, to go to Tampa, who had the best home record in the AL this year, and sweep them, outscoring them 11-1 to in the series? Yeah, give me the Texas Rangers. Frank Isola? Yeah, Texas was in a real-life pennant race. So the way that they finished the season and took care of Tampa, that was impressive. But I think it's the Phillies. Look at the pitching that they had. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nolan, now they're set up against the Braves. You could probably see that you're only going to need three pitchers in that next series. One other thing about Minnesota, Robert Flores on MLB Network had a great line. He said the last time they won a series, they beat the A's. The manager for the A's? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Of course, he's referring to Moneyball. Oh, pretty good line. <laughs> That's good. Wait, did you just mention every team in your answer, Frank? What are we doing here? Uh, if I tweak the question a little bit, not just impressive, but most dangerous going forward, Ramona Shelburne, is it still Minnesota for you? 
Uh, no, I can't go. I can't ride that when they're playing the Astros. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's the Phillies, right? And and you look at the matchups in the NL. They're very sneaky in the way that they line up, just like last year with the Phillies and the Braves, and then the Dodgers facing a division rival that they had dominated during the yeah. regular season. But it's a young team that has that has scrappy and has no pressure on them. I, I think those NL matchups are. Yeah, really Donne, who is most dangerous going forward? It, it looks like the, the Phillies. I mean, they were equal to the Braves in, a, in the latter part of the seasons in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I'm, I'm worried about the Diamondbacks going against the Dodgers because they escaped a lot of bases loaded, one out situations without giving up runs. The Dodgers were second in the league in batting average with with runners in scoring positions. So I don't think they're going to escape if they get in those situations. Mm-hmm. And Frank, of course, most dangerous for you is every team that's playing. Yes, you've already answered that <laughs> question. Okay. Well, let me ask you about disappointment then. Because for Toronto, Milwaukee, Miami, and Tampa, of course, it's hard. You, you play 162 games, you celebrate for getting in, and then you're out within a, a blink of an eye. And for Tampa, and it has been noticed, the attendance for the team with the best home record of all the teams playing this weekend. That was the lowest attendance we've seen in the playoffs in forever. Those mid-afternoon games are killers. Frank, I go to you for disappointment. Who disappointed you the most? <laughs> You know what? For me, it's going to be Toronto. And all you analytic people's out, people out there, you got Jose Barrios. He's in the fourth inning. It's a, you know, the game is scoreless. He's pitching well. He walks the leadoff batter. And you're taking him out after 47 pitches. Come on. How about situation? The guy, he's going up against his former team. He's, he's showing all this emotion. 47 pitches. This is when you're managing by analytics and not judging heart and head. Toronto, that was an awful way to go out. Marcel, who's been most disappointing for you? It, it's got to be Tampa. I'm going to stick with that series. You have the best home record in the American League. You have the best run differential in the be- in the American League. The only team to score more runs than you is the team that just skunked you 11-1 at home. So you couple the disappointment with the fact that nobody came to see it. I'm disappointed in the showing from the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> hey, hey, they got to do better than that. Yeah, only one run from the team that was second in the American League and run scored this season. And those crowds, it makes you wonder, I mean, should they build a new stadium? They're talking about it. Or should they relocate, maybe replace the A's in Oakland or maybe Portland, which has been talked about as a Major League Baseball destination? So you're Not going there. The that, that's franchise. showing. Big picture based well, on this. Yes, for these games. about the viability of the franchise in Tampa Bay. That's how dismal it was. Wow. Middle of the afternoon, there was no... I mean, you didn't know the game was going to be played then until a day and a half earlier, and you're... Ramona Shelburne, how Middle about day you? in Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I know they had a good record at home, but they had 19,000 fans for a playoff game. That's the lowest attendance at a playoff game since 1919 in a non-covered year. That That's terrible. And, like, okay, they got one run at the end of the game. That snapped a 33-inning postseason scoreless inning streak. That's terrible. Like after the way this team started and the, uh, the starting off 13 and 0, how good they were, but then the mess with Wander Franco, losing losing Brandon Lowe in the middle of the year, I, that's just been a disaster in Tampa at the, at the stretch. After it started so promising in April, oh. unbeatable, untouchable. All right, we've been horrible. We'll move on. Let's talk football. Thursday night football. Bears are down bad. We know it. How they respond after going 0-4 in the loss last week where they went for it and didn't get it. That's one question tonight. And on the other side of the field, Washington, 2-2, and how they come out after they didn't go for it and lost in overtime. This is when Rivera said they were gassed. This team is all gas, no breaks. 
Riverboat Ron, all gas, no wake. Marcel, what are you watching for? What's at stake tonight? And with a loss, can it possibly be break up the Bears level of situation here? I remember when Riverboat Ron was Riverboat Ron. I don't know what happened there at the yeah, end of the game. Yeah, he defied his no, nickname. I mean, yeah. I, I, what, what is the point? Isn't that, is that not still his Twitter, Abby? But either way, I digress here. I'm watching the Chicago Bears, and you should too, because in America, we care about champions and we care about disasters. And right now, the Chicago Bears are an unmitigated disaster. They lose tonight. That is the end of the Eberflus era. My heart goes out to Justin Fields, though, because I think he is talented. There's The talent is there. We've seen it over the past couple of years. Coaching has a lot to do with this, and confidence now has to be shot. But on the other side, what I'm watching for with Washington, I think it was easy to write them off after that Bills blowout, but we saw them bounce back strong against arguably the top two, top three team in the NFL in Philadelphia. I want to see how they respond to a team that they are supposed to beat on paper. That's how you know that the page has officially been turned there in Washington. Yeah, yeah, you heard Marcel say it, though, at the start of his answer. If this goes to 0-5, this is a break-up-the-Bears situation. You're in Chicago. How do you see it? Yeah, break is the operative word here, or or the, the past tense, because when I look at Justin Fields, the way he was sitting on the bench after the game as, as the stadium was clearing out, he looked broken. And he looked like he's wondering, okay, if I just had the best performance of my career, my young NFL career, it still wasn't good enough to beat a team that just got beat by 50 the week before. Can this work? And, and can my coaches put me in position? The coaches denied him a chance to win that game with the decision to go for it instead of kicking the field goal. So he looked broken. So I'm wondering if four days are enough time for him to come back and find something, or are they going to lose their 15th in a row, and it, will it never, ever get better than it had been before? Ramon or Shelburne, what are you watching for tonight? Uh, well, I, I'll be watching, but I also know who else would be watching. Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, all the quarterbacks the Bears could get if they keep losing. Yeah. <laughs> they get to the top of the draft. Bear. I mean, this this looks like a disaster in Chicago because like to me, I, I watch Justin Fields now. And I don't even think we can evaluate him anymore. I I think he needs to change the scenery just based off how this whole tenure has gone. I don't know if you break them up or you just keep losing because there's so many good quarterbacks coming into the draft next year. And Frank Isola, what are you watching for? Yeah. Ramona touched on it. At the end of that nightmare rainbow is maybe oh. Caleb Williams. So why would you break up a good thing for the Chicago Bears? They might finish with the worst record. I'm going to say this, too, about Justin Fields. I get that he's talented, but he only leads the league in people making excuses for him. At what point does it become his fault mm. that, they, that they don't do well? I get it. It's everybody else's fault around as if it's a conspiracy for him not to play well. He, he runs the ball, so they load the box up and make him be a passer, and he hasn't been efficient enough. He might just not be good enough. Yes, he's an NFL player. Maybe not good enough to be a big-time quarterback. Ramona, make a pick tonight. Uh, it sounds like you've got Commanders. J.A. Mm-hmm. Dande. Commanders. Marcel. Yeah, Commanders. Frank Gaisola. The Magic Johnson Commanders. Taking a break here by yourself. <laughs> the, the ultimate. Go time. Around the Horn is presented by True. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Chase. Jonathan Taylor back practicing with the Colts and speaking publicly. I don't think it, it matters on if I'm saying I'm committed or not because I, I'm here. I mean, if somebody wasn't committed, they wouldn't be here. I know you guys don't usually see me super excited all the time, but I'm really excited, you know, when you've been out for something for a while and finally back into the group. So after his trade request this summer and his unavailability over the last month of the season, the Colts are 2-2 two and two and moving forward. And now Taylor is potentially going to play. Marcel, how do you hear the formerly disgruntled, now maybe degruntled running back? (laughs) I think he got a little taste of reality when he saw what happened with Saquon Barkley, when he saw what happened with Nick Chubb, unfortunately, what's going on with Austin Eckler. Uh, This little running back powwow this offseason didn't quite work. I do believe he's excited, though. Like, at the core, at the end of the day, he loves football, right? Like, he wants to play football. He's getting an opportunity to do that for a team that is more competitive than he thought they would be. So, I buy he's excited, but, you know, I don't buy the commitment, man. Frank Isola? I know no one wants to do this, but let's give the Colts a little credit. They stood their ground. They didn't get a deal that they wanted. Now what are they doing? They're getting a big-time running back with a 2-2 two and two team. They could be pretty dangerous. Good move by them, and good luck to him. Shelburne? Yeah, I buy that he's excited to be back out there. He hasn't played since last December when he had the ankle injury. And he even said it's been 290 days. Like, he's counting. And so I, I, I buy that he's excited to be back out there. I don't buy the level of commitment to the franchise long term. Jay Adonde. Yeah, but more important than his mood or his state of mind is the state of his body. And the fact he only played 11 games last year. He missed the first four games of this year. He should be nice and refreshed for the rest of the season and should be very productive for the Colts. He's joining a first place team. Who would have thought? We'll move on. International basketball news of the day. Broken by you, Ramona Shelburne. Here you go. Joel Embiid choosing USA over Cameroon and over France, which he has citizenship of as well. He'll be available for the re-re-redeem team at the Olympics next year, which we all know is where you win world championships, Ramona. This is your reporting. What does it mean? Well, look, this is really a choice for Joel Embiid to say, I want to play in the Olympics. And I think if Cameroon were qualified for the Olympics, he'd probably be playing with Cameroon, but they're not. 
and they're not likely to be qualified for the Olympics. So you see LeBron James, you see Steph Curry, former MVP, saying, I want to be on Team USA. Joel Embiid is the reigning MVP. And what did Team USA lack in the in Manila when they lost three of their last four games? Size and defense. Yeah. Well, this is the biggest free agent signing they could have made. Yeah, yeah, Donde. Yeah, but by picking USA, it means he doesn't just want to play in the Olympics. He wants to win a gold medal in the Olympics. That's his priority because it seems like it would be more fun to wear the uniform of the home country and to have everyone in the stands behind you or to try to get Cameroon into it, which would be unique for his true home country. He just wants to get that gold medal. Mm-hmm. That's all. Is that wrong? Marcel Louis-Jacques. <laughs> I mean, he's already super American in that he's just joining the winning side. He's joining the super team here. Obviously, he wants to win a gold medal. He's already got the spirit. I don't know who's stopping this team. It's almost like Team USA said to the rest of the world, oh, y'all forgot what we do around here. Sounding like a gold medal coming back mm-hmm. in Paris. Frank, I sold it. Well, Cameroon didn't qualify for the Olympics, so why doesn't Joel Embiid and Pascal Siakam try to qualify there? To me, it sounds like it came down to, in the fourth quarter, who does Joel Embiid want to bail him out of yet another oh game? Oh, my goodness. Or is it going to be LeBron James and Kevin Durant? I guess he said, you know what, I'll pick Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Bail me out in the fourth. I could have used you against the Celtics this year. The land of opportunity. That's why he, it's an opportunity. Ramona I mean, he's Shelburne. been here since high yeah, school. Yeah. His son was born oh, here. Like It's stop. not like he just... Oh, oh, oh. This is Okay, wait, let me finish. Lives finish what you're saying. I muted you. But let me hear what you got to say here, Frank. Go. No, so why don't we try to get Jokic and Giannis in the spirit of competition? Come on. It'd be much cooler if he played for Cameroon okay. or France. All right. Is that what this is about? This is about the spirit of competition? Yeah, I wasn't sure. It's, it's it sounded like the spirit of competition for a while. The spirit of bitterness. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> Buy or sell three. Chicago four, Miami won last night. Another game where Messi couldn't play. Another L for Miami. The playoffs looking bleak. For that team, Messi's injury is a major bummer for all, except for Chicago, who needed the win, and they they get it. They want to make the playoffs. 62,000 in attendance in Chicago, by the way, more than every baseball playoff game. Today, Messi was named one of the 30 nominees for MLS MVP. His team gets to nominate him. He's one of the 30 nominees for MVP after the number of games he played in this regular season, Frank. Could Messi be up for this award? Now, he's the most valuable asset. The most valuable player is Luca Costa of Cincinnati, yeah. FC Cincinnati. They finished with the best record. You know, a couple of years ago, Kevin Durant played 39 games and got a fifth-place MVP vote. Come on. He's only played four games. He's not the MVP of the league. Come on, let's have some integrity here. Marcel Louis-Jacques? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of on-pitch quality, he's not even the most valuable Argentinian player in the MLS right now. But this Ooh. was never about the on-field Ooh. product. I mean, well, look at Emma, look at Inter Miami's roster. Like that's there's no other MVP candidate there. This was always about marketing and growing the league. Ever since he was announced, Inter Miami is the most followed sports team in Miami. They have more Instagram followers than the Dolphins, the Heat, the Marlins, and the Panthers combined. Okay. Tony, this is Inter Miami. <laughs> I'm asking you about, what about MVP of of the season. Should Miami be able to put him up? Should he be considered, Marcel? Yes or no? Yeah, because, I mean, who else on that team is going yeah, to Yeah, yeah, Donde, how about you? Absolutely. Listen to the numbers Marcel gave you, the 62,000 in attendance that you cited, the inner-Miami kits that you see across the country with that number 10 on it. So right. he's clearly the most valuable. And has he played? Yes, he has played. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Ramona Shelmer, to you. 
I mean, this isn't the Forbes valuation, right? Like, what I'm talking about here. Played in four games for four MLS games. I know they went eight and four when he was on the pitch, but those weren't all MLS games. He scored 11 goals in his first 12 games. That was all great, but this isn't the Forbes valuation. I cannot believe we have risen to who has the most Instagram followers in our MVP criteria of ourselves. Value. Value. It's all right. You got enough to advance. You weren't where I done it. And where I sold it was today. Wow. Some hot takes from Frank. That's why we love him. Ramona Shelburne. (laughs) Marcel Louis Jacques. Next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Around the Horn is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Marcel Louis Jacques, Ramona Shelburne, good luck in showdown. Momo, save some reporting for everybody else. Another story you were on, WNBA expansion to Golden State. It'll be 2025. Joe Lacob is the Bay Area team owner, promising to win the league in five years and lead the league in revenue. Ramona, where do you hear lead the league in revenue? How did that land for you? And come up with the team name. I mean, it's a bold statement, but I don't think he makes that statement unless he knows it because the Warriors lead the NBA in revenue and they're going to play at the Chase Center, which is literally named after an ATM. (laughs) Come up with the team name. That's pretty good. I like the shout out to a commitment from an owner for spending money. You have to spend money in order to win in pro sports in America. As far as team names, it's the Emerald City, maybe the Bay Area Emerald. But I would have loved to see a revival of the Sacramento Monarchs. The Monarchs. Oh, yeah, you were Sacramento born and raised. Okay. And the Breakers? I'm sure Vivek would no love No one's going to say the Golden State Bay. <laughs> the Bays? Okay. We'll move on. <laughs> Showdown 2. Why would a lion concern himself with the opinion of sheep? Oh, that was the Giants lineman. Evan Neal talking about fans who were booing him and his teammates. Then he made the line where he said, what do they do, flip hot dogs and hamburgers? He has since apologized, Marcel. Is it okay for him to go at the fans if they were going at him? Absolutely not. Not like this. If there's ever a market where you can't let them know you're thin-skinned, it's New York. It's known at this point. Good for him for trying to apologize, but, man, this was the wrong way to go about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Giants are one of the most disappointing teams in the league. You don't go at the fans when you're the disappointment, let alone when those ticket prices cost what they cost in New York. I don't think anybody flipping burgers is paying no seats. <laughs> you're never going to win going after the fans. Come on. Never. One more showdown here. 2030 World Cup. Did you see this? It's going to be played on three continents. Uruguay, Argentina, and Paraguay will start the tournament. Spain, Portugal, Morocco will finish the tournament. Ramona, does a six-country, three-continent, worldlier cup make sense? I mean... Emphasis on world? Like, I guess it's one of those tickets where you buy the, that you go around the world and you have this never-ending stopover. I, I don't get mm-hmm. it. But Marcel? it's the last one before. Hey, when you have six host <laughs> countries, you don't have one. I'm worried about the infrastructure needed for this, but this is doing yeah. way too oh, much. I love it. I love it. It's the World Cup! And you could have the graphic of the airplane with the lines going through it, like uh, Indiana Jones. 
Momo, 30 seconds of FaceTime. Well, Joe Lacob always talks big, right? Joe Lightyear's Lacob, and he says he wants to lead the league in revenue in the WNBA, but he also has a very personal connection to women's basketball. He was part owner of the ABL and the San Jose Lasers back in the 90s, which he lost $10 million on when that league folded. This is something that he wanted to do for his daughters and has always wanted to bring back to the WNBA. Great win today for Ramona Shelburne. Thanks for your time. We're on a 23 and a half hour break. We'll see you tomorrow. Around the whore. <laughs> Happy Hour is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly.